G'day guys, Luke McElroy from Mets Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. I'm joined today by Nick Jankoskis. We are going to talk about different testing protocols when we do VO2 max testing. So we put a video up recently on Instagram of Dimmer, a long-time Mets athlete, and we did a very slow ramp protocol. So we did a five-minute ramp. We started at 12 k's an hour. Every five minutes, we went up by 0.5 k's an hour. So 12 to 12 and a half to 13 to 13 and a half. The whole goal of this was just to find his zone two aerobic heart rate. So we took lactate at the end of every five minutes, and we also had him hooked up to our metabolic mask so we could measure his uh, acute respiratory responses, such as his ventilation and whatnot. And it sparked a bit of um, questions, really, from, from Instagram and via email as to, um, why we don't offer that as a standard test, uh, as in like a zone two test. And we actually do, like the response was that we do. Uh, we can essentially do any type of protocol that an athlete wants to do. So I coach Dimmer myself and all I wanted, because it's really early stages of a base training phase, um, working towards 70.3 distance, I just wanted his accurate zone two heart rate. So we just did a, a, a slow ramp protocol. And, and I think where the confusion sort of lies is that if you go onto our, our website and it'll say VO2 max test or it'll say VO2 max test including lactate analysis. And I think it's that word VO2 max that obviously, you know, we all know what, what VO2 max is, but you don't necessarily need to go to VO2 max in these tests. The VO2 max part really for us is saying, hey, we're wearing a mask and we're measuring all of our respiratory responses. There's tidal volume, there's respiratory rate, there's ventilation, um, there is VO2 and oxygen consumption, of course, and there's how our ventilation correlates to our oxygen consumption and lots of different data sets that anyone who's come in will, will have seen all that information before. Um, so in a roundabout way, what this podcast is gonna talk about is, is what different types of protocols we can do that fall under this VO2 max test, including lactate analysis, because you don't always have to go to max. And I think one reason that some athletes are hesitant to come in, um, or maybe even hesitant to re they reschedule often because they're not feeling 100% on the day, is because they see this word max and VO2 max and think they have to go to absolute exhaustion, which you certainly can do, but depending on where you are in a training program, if you don't care about your VO2 max, you don't necessarily need to, but it still falls under the same umbrella. So Nick, do you want to maybe run through um, our three most common test protocols and maybe who they're best for? Yeah, so the first one, we'll, we'll sort of go in order of length of uh, length of ramp because they're all going to be ramp or, or step test style. So like you described before, every um, every couple of minutes or so, we're going to increase the intensity. But the, the first one is the, the VO2 max by itself. Um, so we, we've always had this as, a, as an option where you can come in, we start, start out pretty low intensity, uh, as we mentioned before, ramp it up but every minute we're going to go up um uh, might be on the bike by 20 watts on the on the treadmill it might be by half a k or 1k an hour and we're trying to just get to that top end point kind of as quickly as we can typically we want this test to last ideally sort of 10 12 minutes or less um where where possible even if we're starting quite low um and the, the ultimate goal is just to get that vo2 max number uh really we can get a lot of uh insight from what's happening below that we'll obviously measure oxygen consumption and heart rate uh, as we go but the major the major part is we just want to see what your engine can do what is what is that aerobic engine like how high is that vo2 max and and, and does that start to give us some ideas around um where your performance is at so it, it's a really um when I say baseline level, it's, it's going to give you a, a good start in terms of looking at your physiology, but there's still a few gaps. We're, we're not looking at lactate yet. We're not looking at um, longer steady states. It purely is, let's try and get to the highest intensity you can do aerobically 
in almost the quickest possible way um, to give us a really good starting point on, on where your physiology is at uh, at that point in time. Um, so I guess in terms of in terms of like athletes that, that definitely would benefit um, if you're sort of generally looking at, well, how fit am I? Uh, definitely something that's come up over the last little while with um, the, the interest in longevity and well-being and, and some of our, in particular, middle-aged or older athletes coming in or clients coming in. Um, just wanting to know how fit they are in general might not be training for something is a good way to get sort of started in the uh, the spaces to just have a look at your VO2 max. Um, but then also maybe in things where where your longer steady states might not be as um, as a, as important. So it's definitely one that I do sometimes in my own training where I'll do the VO2 max because I'm just looking at well how, how fit am I at the top end for shorter, sharper stuff. So maybe uh, you're a footy player, soccer player, um, a team sport type athlete, we stop, start, your longest effort on field or on a court might only be 30 seconds at a time or 20 seconds at a time. We know you need to have a, a really good aerobic engine for those uh, those types of sports um, or things like 800 meter running, maybe for example, if that's your focus or um, or 1500s. We, we need to have a really big aerobic engine, but um, we're not concerned about what you can do for say 40 minutes at a time. We're more concerned about what can you do for four minutes or less at a time. So th- those are some ideas around the types of, of athletes and people who might uh, really look at that VO2 max only option and that one minute ramp test um, because the test is short, really low level in terms of fatigue. It's not going to take much out of your, your training day uh, so you won't have to move things around um, and it's a good sort of check-in generally. So that's a really good place to start if you're a bit um, a bit more on that shorter end or, or just wanting the basics really. Yeah, I think that, I think that's pretty much spot on. So nine to 12 minutes is always what I've recommended for sort of test duration because if it's less than nine minutes, your acute responses, so your heart rate, your breathing rate, might not have enough time to get up to max. And if it's longer than 12 minutes, then there's some other fatigue associated with getting hot, so elevated core body temperature, um, uh, lactic acid or hydrogen ions being accumulated for a long time. So it's a really good, you don't want it to be longer than 12, but you don't want it to be shorter than nine. Uh, That's gonna get you uh, the most accurate VO2 max value alone. Um, which is a key performance indicator for events lasting, you know, less than about six minutes, which yeah. is some events that you spoke about, 800, 1500, etc. But then if we're looking longer, then it's more so that the next protocol, which we'll get to in a, in a moment, where we're looking at velocity or speed at our lactate threshold. Um, so the one minute ramp protocol, I reckon we do this 2% of the time out of every, like most people are doing a, one, a longer ramp with lactate. But if all you want is VO2 max, whether that's a bucket list item, thing for longevity to get a baseline, uh, whether it's we've had people come in from the police force that need a certain level, they need to get to 30. Yeah, so that's a, beep, number like there. a potential beep test score or you're trying to go for a time trial for a special yep. ops group, things like that. Yeah, good yep. option. Um, so that's going to be a one minute ramp. Otherwise, we're probably going to progress to the next one or the one after. So a three or a five. So let's start with a three minute ramp, Nick. Yeah. So the three-minute ramp is, when I say our bread and butter, that's the one that most people would be familiar with that have come in. Um, and that's definitely the test that we recommend and, and probably is the, um, it, it's the best for getting as much information as possible um, in a pretty practical way. So our three-minute ramp, uh, commonly on the bike, um, start out quite low, but every three minutes, we're going to increase by 30 watts. On the treadmill, uh, it'll be up by 1K an hour. Um, increments as well. Typically, we're looking at a bit, a bit more between that 18, 20, 21-ish minute mark. Yeah. I mean, it, it will vary based on um, the type of type of person. If we do deliberately start a little bit lower, um, uh, sometimes if uh, you're a bit unsure on where some of your numbers might be, uh, we can start the test a little bit lower, so it might be a bit longer or Ultimately, if you, we just sort of underestimate how fit you might be, we've had a few people who've just gone way above what they thought they could do as well. So um, test protocol being a bit longer, but what it allows us to do is get a little bit more on that steady state side of things um, 
in those those lower intensities in particular. And, and that opens up the ability to be able to take a, a really good blood lactate sample and combine that then with the VO2 max information. So we're, we're sort of following a bit in between. It gives us some really good lactate numbers, but it still allows you to be able to push up to that VO2 max level pretty close to um, what you might get in that one minute ramp. So we're getting as much information as possible in the most practical, timely way. And I think that's a really a really good way to sort of sum up that three-minute ramp test is, generally speaking, if you're looking at, well, where is everything at? Where's my zone two? Where am I? Where are my thresholds at? How big is my overall engine? And then what are some, uh, some points in the data we can look at and say, here's some clear strengths in your physiology at the moment. Here's some areas we, we could really target to improve. This is the test that's going to give you the broadest amount of information to work off because um, it's going to give you a bit of everything. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think it's it's definitely our most popular. That's ninety five percent of the time. I think this is the test we do. Uh, it's going to give you a very accurate VO two max result, a very accurate threshold, a very accurate zone two. Uh, it's also going to give us the information we need uh, to figure out what type of training you need to do, whether it's more zone two or more high intensity or a mixture of both. So it is a, a very well rounded test. Um, if you just wanted VO2 max, as we said, you go the one minute. And if you just want one zone, so like a zone two or, or even a threshold, FTP, FTP yep. then you'd go to the next one, which is a five minute ramp, um, which again, it's going to be tailored towards you. So the one that was on Instagram with Dimmer, uh, he just wanted his zone two. I knew that would be, I estimated that would be around five minute K pace. Um, so we started off significantly slower. We yep. did, what's this? Let's, let's try to convert it. It was 12 Ks an hour, which is, is six. Minute Ks? No, that's, uh, that's five. So we started at 10. Oh, sorry, 10 sorry, 10 yeah. we started. So six minute Ks, then 10.5 is 543s from memory. Like yeah. 11 is 527. Yep. And then we go to 513 or 11 and then yeah. five after that. So you yeah, can see five. it's a, a very slow, gradual ramp. And that's five minutes each day. So five minutes of four, uh, that, sorry, 10 Ks and then five at so that's 10. 10 12. So we're probably on about 20, 25 minutes before yep. we even get to our zone two. Um, and then with that, in particular, with that with that data set, we jumped from 1.6 lactate to I think it was 3.2. So there's an obvious an really obvious clear. jump. We did another stage just to be sure the lactate reading was correct. It went yeah. to about 3.6 or 3.7, and then we called it quits there. So we didn't even get to our functional threshold. Uh, we didn't get anywhere near VO2 max, but we still wore the mask. Uh, in this case, we probably didn't need to because the lactate numbers were spot on. But again, it's like a bell curve. Like they say, oh, let's look for two and a half lactate for zone two, or let's look for four for... for um, your threshold, but again, that's just like saying 220 minus your age. It's going to be somewhat accurate for you know 68 percent of people, but then wildly, not wildly, but significantly out for the rest. So um, even though we don't go to VO2 max in this protocol, we still want to wear the mask because if the lactate numbers are a bit bouncy or a bit dodgy or that doesn't fit nicely into that sort of th those numbers that we spoke about, and then we can cross correlate that with our how our ventilation is reacting with our oxygen consumption and find where it starts to um, not exponentially but but non have a non linear increase in that number. I know we're being a bit sophisticated here, but we're looking at how you how your breathing's relating to your oxygen consumption, um, and that will also give us uh, you know what's called ventilatory threshold number one, which is the same as what we're trying to find with lactate at lactate threshold number one. So it's the same point but measured differently so we do it as a as a backup plan basically like it's it's yeah it's a, it's a secondary piece of evidence and i think that's that's for most people who've come in they sort of can understand that we're not we're not looking at, at a single number in in these circumstances and and if you were to just measure lactate as you said there, there might be some error in there um as much as we've taken 
however however many samples we've taken, thousands of samples, like there, there's always a chance that there might be a bit of sweat that gets in there, or you just get a um, you, you get a, a lactate strip that doesn't pick up, and so we got to delay the reading. Or, or there's there's variance there that if you're relying on one number alone, um, you, you can sometimes then over or underestimate where something like a zone two is because you're right if if it comes out as um, comes out a bit lower than than what it was anticipated. Maybe we overestimate uh, where someone's zone two is. But having a look at ventilation just gets us to look at, okay, based on this individual and how lac- that lactate response is going, well, well, what's some other information to find where something is clearly changing in their physiology that is making it more difficult than what it was before? Um, and that's where you'll see that that ventilation graph will be, uh, and some of our ventilation responses, we see it's like, yeah, cool, pretty cruisy, and all of a sudden we get a bit of a rise. Um, Lactate might be reasonably stable still. It's not uh, not too far off that yeah you might you might see a lactate jump from one point six to three point two, but sometimes you might see it jump from one point six to one point eight. Uh, and for that particular athlete, if you're an ultra distance runner, like all you do is that that long slow, you're probably going to have some really low lactate really consistently. In in which case, you might go one point six, one point eight, two point two, two point four, and then before you know it, we're kind of at those numbers that we'd expect out of your threshold and what you've been doing for 10K and things like that. And you go, well, well, where is that zone two point? It becomes a bit tricky if you're just isolating it to that one number. Um, whereas, yeah, with that that ability to look at oxygen consumption, have the mask on, as we said, you know, we're not expecting you to push maximally in that long ramp. We just want to use it to be able to get a second piece of information or third, fourth, fifth piece of information with the, the metabolic stuff. Um, to just be able to back up exactly where it is and, and really make sure the accuracy of those zones is is as high as possible. So I think that the most common time to use that test is, as I said before, is with someone like Dimmer. He's not he doesn't have an A race for about four months. So if you're four or six months out, you're really doing a base phase where you're probably doing zone two aerobics based stuff and and some high intensity interval training and. High intensity interval training. I've worked with Dimmer long enough to know that. Well, you know, we're going to nine out of ten anyway, so close enough. We can figure that out when we're actually doing our VO two intervals. And even if you were trying to do some threshold stuff, because every every coach is different, you want to do some threshold stuff. And if to, you know, you do a, a twenty minute time trial, it, take off five percent. Like the old, you know, these things are pretty accurate because you can't you can't as long as you're psychologically ready to go, you go as hard as you can for twenty minutes. That's going to be close to your threshold, so you can somewhat predict that. Uh, based on field testing but zone two you, you as far as i can tell i haven't figured out a way to, to do that in the field because you, you don't know you're, you're literally looking at lactate unless you're super in tune with your body to know that oh hang on i've just had to breathe in a fair bit more from this wattage to this wattage then that's probably going to be that eventually tree threshold number one but it's very 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 hard to estimate in a field-based test uh, which is where I think this five-minute ramp protocol is most important. You know, you're four to six months out. You just want to make sure you're doing your long, slow stuff at the right intensity. Um, you want to find that specific zone too. So, I think as a summary for for today, there's those, there are our three most common ramp protocols. That's not to say we can't do something else. We can do whatever you want. You have a coach that wants to do this protocol. We do that protocol. That's not a problem. But if you just want your VO2 max, whether that's from a bucket list item, a longevity perspective, an overall health perspective, uh, or an event lasting a little less than six minutes, then that's that one minute ramp protocol. If you're looking at the most well-rounded piece of information, so good VO2 max plus good zones plus good training recommendations, that's the three-minute ramp protocol, which we do most of the time. But then if you're early stages of a program and you just want that zone two, um, then we might just look at that that five-minute ramp protocol where we take lactate every five. You don't have to go to max, which is a little bit easier in terms of <laughs> a barrier to entry to coming in, knowing you don't have to, have to push as hard as you can. Um, and that's really appropriate early in a program. So 
uh, I guess the, the the goal of this podcast was just to to create some content around the different ramp protocols and and don't get scared that you see VO two max in in um, in the name of the appointment because we we don't necessarily need to go to VO two max to get uh, the correct information for for an athlete. Uh, anything to add, Nick? I think so. Yeah, it's it's this is largely just to to make people aware of the the different things we can do. Um, yes, the most popular and the one that we, we tend to recommend mostly is that three-minute ramp because it, it sort of covers all, a, a lot of bases and, and for a lot of different people. But, yeah, if you've got that really specific need, um, that's where, yeah, absolutely have a chat to us around how we might be able to manipulate the protocol um, to find what you need to. Um, it's not it's not trying to be biased, so we, we repeat numbers that you're, you're getting. It's, it's, all right, if we want to find a particular race intensity or you... We want to just find that zone two. It's well, what's the most, what's the most beneficial uh, test to be able to put you through to get the data that you need to be able to go and train and race better. That's what that's what we're here to do is is to help that process um, for you. Whether you're working with a coach, self coach, whatever it might be, is is be able to provide the data and insights that are they're going to make sense for for what you're trying to achieve, um, rather than putting everyone through the same the same test um, to to try and compare to each other. It's like we work on. An individual basis. Um, it's well, yeah. What's the going to be the best combination of information that we can give you um, to be able to see those results on training sessions, but then on race day as well. Yeah, perfect. So we'll wrap it up there. So if anybody listening is interested in doing one of these protocols, as we said, that the the, the um, process is if you just want VO2 max, you just pick the VO2 max one. If you want anything else, you do the VO2 max and the lactate, and then we just communicate with you and figure out what the right protocol is on the day to to fit. Um, what you need out of the session. So we'll leave it there. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. We'll speak to you on the next one.